This week on Erotic Awakening, pet play, nude poly, and dirty questions to make you want to have sex with me. <laughs> BDSM and non-standard relationships. Power exchange and polyamory. Sacred sexuality and fetishes. As well as simply fun kink. kink. You'll find shows on all these topics and everything Dan and Dawn at eroticawakening.com. We enjoy creating and recording these podcasts, and we hope you enjoy listening to them. When you become our patron, it gives us a chance to apply more energy towards creating. For as little as a dollar a month, you can not only support the podcast, but get access to special content. Head over to patreon.com slash eroticawakening and take a look at the options. And regardless, thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. If you're offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. <laughs> Hi, Dan. Hi, Dawn. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. We're uh, ramping up for PXS at this moment and... Only five days till we're at the hotel, and yeah, this time in five days, we'll be doing the opening ceremony. Yep, Power Exchange Summit, right awesome. around the corner. Awesome. No, this time in five days. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah five days. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I know. Well, let's get through this podcast. You're going to try to talk me out of that, weren't you? Yes. <laughs> so today on the podcast, we have a wonderful interview with Howell on pet play and the dynamics around that. But before we get there, we have a listener question of the day that goes like this. I recently brought up the topic of polyamory to my li- my wife. <laughs> we have been in the lifestyle for several years, and we are like wanting to, or at least I want to connect more with the people that I play with. And maybe just focus on one person, or maybe just a couple. Um, so the question is about how do you bring that up? with the a significant other how do you bring up this idea of introducing polyamory into the life of that relationship this came from guy curious by the way it sounds like they've already got a start if they're already in the lifestyle right so well they're already in the bdsm kink lifestyle they're playing with other people and they're playing with other people so but that but that's still different than coming from a a dry monogamous don't look at anybody else sure at least the term polyamory is already probably out there on your radar yeah and if not just saying you know um i'm I'm playing with this person and maybe we could turn it into something more you know Mm -hmm. have you ever thought about turning this stuff into something more i mean you and i when when we first got started we kind of took it step by step and nice and slow and you know, checked out our jealousy and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, I, th- I think that some of the things that you'll you want to consider, right, is first off, do you want to describe to your partner, hey, you are always going to be my primary relationship. I'm just looking for a secondary or something to add to it. Mm-hmm. And that's if you're going from a hierarchical perspective, then that's what one way to address it. That allows them to be the the cement in your relationship, so to speak. True, true. But, but that's you, if you're going to go from that hierarchical perspective like that. Yeah, and if you are going from a hierarchical perspective, um, coming from experience, make sure you tell, if you, if you do decide to go this route and your significant other is okay with it, make sure you tell the person that you start playing with and start developing a relationship with that that's how you're going to be doing this because a lot of people in the poly world don't do the hierarchical stuff yeah so they need to know up front what what they're getting into yeah as well. ab- absolutely and we we can talk about unicorn hunting later uh because that's kind of how people will perceive you but th- we're going a little off topic um some people would recommend 
you just grab the bull by the horns, you be direct, and you say, this is what I want to do, honey. I love you, but I want to love more people too. I want to express myself. And, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of times we don't know that polyamory is an option. I've heard people say, well, you should have brought that up at the beginning of the relationship. But we don't always know that it's an option, and we don't even know that necessarily that's something that's right for us. People do, and Don, you and I have been together for 18 years. Certainly we've changed a lot mm-hmm. in that 18 years, what we want, what we expect, and what we don't want from not only each other, but from life in general. So it you, you take it where you're at, right? If, if you've been together for a while and polyamory is now on your radar, then then it's time to be authentic and address who you are right now. Yeah, and I highly recommend that, be authentic, because if you start hiding it and it becomes a secret, right, that you're holding on to, you'll end up expending a lot of energy in keeping that secret and not expressing it. And it could pop out at the wrong moment. You want this to come out at a time that you pick right? When things are going good and they're going well and you're really Mm -hmm. connected with your partner. You don't want to be in an argument and then go, well, by the way, I think I want to do blah, blah, blah. You know, you don't want it to pop out uncontrollably, right? right? So you want to have some some forethought into the conversation, some structure, a time, something. But you want to be authentic, right? And and you were saying that... um, some people don't even know, you know, we change as people, and some people don't even know that that, that could be on the radar and a possibility and stuff. Mm-hmm. Or they think of it, and it thinks natural, but because no one else is doing it, or they don't have role models, they think it's a wrong way to think. So they get into that monogamous relationship thinking that's the way things are supposed to be. So it's always been tucked down, and you've kind of had a clue, but you thought it was wrong, yeah. right? So you don't even bring it up and live it. I mean, there's you know, a couple of possibilities of what could happen. Mm -hmm. But unless you're being authentic, I mean, definitely take a look at it and see if this is truly who you are. And if to be authentic, you got to express it or it's going to, oh, it's going to be bad. So directly, here's here's the exact way that I would recommend you you do this. Okay. You start off by, as, as you said, Don, find a time and a place that's appropriate. Right. Fine. It's not during your anniversary weekend. It's not right before one of you leaves for work. It's not while you're in the midst of an argument. But find a place of clarity and calmness that you can have this conversation and approach your partner and say, you know, I want to have a a conversation with you. It's kind of a serious topic. I want to express myself about it. And then I want to listen to your feedback about it Mm -hmm. and do exactly that. And then say, you know, I love you know, and again, from here, you have to be authentic, right? So don't repeat what I'm saying, but I would probably say something along the lines of, you know, I love you very much. I don't think that you're lacking in any way, but I certainly have noticed that sometimes I'm attracted to people that are not you, and I'd kind of like to play with that and see where that goes. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to see if polyamory is something that we can fit into our life as something that kind of enhances our life. Yeah. And then you have to give your partner the opportunity to get, have whatever kind of feedback they want, from shock to fear to anger to, to denial. It or, could be acceptance. Hell yeah. It could be, well, geez, I was going to bring up the same thing, and I've been fantasizing about your cousin Dave all the time. 
Well, maybe cousin's not appropriate. <laughs> Probably not appropriate. That's although we know people that have some really interesting relationships. That out is there. true. That is true. So yeah, but I w- I would see I would definitely consider. I mean, like I said, for me, I feel like you have to bring it up. I know it's scary. I know it's challenging. I know people are like, oh my god, but if I bring it up, it's going to end my relationship. Mm-hmm. But I got a feeling if you don't bring it up, like I said, that energy is just going to. It's just going to eat away. They're going to know something's wrong or bugging you. And, you know, the ne- another thing that I'm going to recommend, which, and this is not a sales pitch, because we have literally heard people say that this has been really valuable to them, is bring your partner to one of the polyamory events, whether it's a poly meetup in your local area, the Beyond the Love Unconference here at the Space in June, or the bigger conferences like Beyond the Love in November or or any of the other conferences as well, right? Mm-hmm. It can be very valuable for your partner to see another 200 people that are, are kind of like you guys. They're happy, they're healthy, but they're exploring polyamory and that it's not such, it's just not for weirdos. It's for pretty much normal folk. Yep, yep. We look kind of normal. Not too many weirdos in our bunch. I could not too many weirdo looking people. Ah, (laughs) If you'd like to tell us what weirdos we are, you can get a hold of us via the comment form on the webpage eroticawakening.com. There you'll find other ways to contact us as well as ways to say thank you, where we'll be presenting past podcast episodes, links to the newsletter, and other stuff. You can also follow us on FetLife. So find us as the owners of the Fet Group Erotic Awakening Two Words, and you can contact us there. So, Don, recently uh, we wrapped up 22 <laughs> dumb sex questions. I think it was more than that. But, oh, uh, yeah, but we just did this big 22 blast. Oh, that's true. And there were some, some okay ones in there and some not so much. <laughs> so here we're going to start a new series of 50 Dirty Questions that will turn you on and make you want sex. Nice. And although the subject... And make me want sex? Yes, I make you. I already want sex. <laughs> well, then maybe they'll make All you not time. want sex. Or maybe they'll make you want sex with the person that wrote these questions. Ooh. The interesting thing about this line of questions isn't so much that they're... They are literally questions. They are things to give you the opportunity to think about. Okay. And respond to. So I will ask you the first question. All right. And this is very interesting, I think, actually. Okay. What is, Dawn, the dirtiest thought you've ever had about a total stranger? Oh, you're going to put me on the spot. A total stranger. The dirtiest thought. I, I will go first. This one's okay, easy you for go me. first because I got... Yeah. <laughs> um, I absolutely have thought more than once we're coming seeing a total stranger. Normally, it's not a total stranger that I fantasize about, but the dirtiest thought I've had about a dirty a total stranger is just fucking and sucking and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, um, what would it be like to have sex with somebody, especially if I've had a tiny bit of interaction with them, like they're nice or they're dicks, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll meet a woman uh, or a female-bodied person that is not pleasant. And those are sometimes the people that I actually fantasize about. <laughs> what you would do with them and make them do? To make them more pleasant, <laughs> yes. <laughs> nice. So uh, the last one I can think of mm-hmm. is um, being fucked by a stranger on a picnic table. Okay. But you know I've got a picnic table thing anyway. Yes. So yes. Um, it not, I don't know if anybody else knows that. I don't know if I've ever talked about that on here. You would think I would have. episodes, yeah. I'm sure okay, you I'm sure I have somewhere. But um, I will, sometimes there's times I fantasize at night, or if I'm out walking and somebody hot, 
walks by me or jogs by me and there's a picnic table nearby it would be like oh i wonder what that would be like huh. so maybe they'll pick up on my energy and know i like to be fucked on picnic tables and see that no one's around and mm-hmm. yeah so that's kind of neat or um maybe we can sneak off into the woods and i can push them to their knees and yeah so so i can be eaten out right oh yeah. i got you right <laughs> I, I saw a look of confusion on your face i'm like what else would i would do if i put them down on their knees here face yes <laughs> um good see uh, these questions are already better than our last group okay so ahead. don uh you have to answer this one okay do you prefer sex at night in the morning mid-afternoon or now now anytime any place <laughs> there's benefits. there's no preference to there's no preference for me and because the energy is different with each time, right? So like at night before bed, it's usually kind of sexual and I was going to say slow, but it's not always slow uh-huh. because we have to get to sleep. So let's <laughs> let's get this over with, you know, sort of thing of here we're doing this and, and, and you know, and uh-huh. let's, let's get some time for sleep. Morning is a little different because you're waking up out of a sleep and starting the day off with sexual energy, which mm-hmm. is pretty amazing. Uh, mid-afternoon, yeah, you're sneaking a quickie, right? Mm-hmm. So, and and yeah, just now. I can fuck you right now. That's a different right podcast. <laughs> well, it says now. Um, would now work? Yes, it does say now in capital letters. So. Now would work. There's I, the I will say, there's the <laughs> I will have to say my... Varric and Sheba are in the other room. They are in the other room, which is funny. They're, they're recording an episode of... Uh, BSing. BSing right now, new to kink BSing. So we'll, we'll see if they have the same topic we do. Um, I will say that I prefer sex at night. Yeah? I normally think that... Although it's not always true, often we decide to have sex prior to having sex, mm-hmm. right? So you have an entire some time to build up to it. So, oh, we got to get through with this podcast so we can go home and fuck sort of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I like the idea of afterwards, I can just, I don't have to get up. I don't have to go take a shower. Oh, We true. can just cuddle and go to sleep. That's Aww. true. That is true. So because I'm a lazy person, I prefer sex at night. <laughs> Um, and also, I bet you, know, you, I bet you uh, sex in the morning would charge you up. Maybe. Yeah, I could try that. <laughs> I, or it could lead to napping. <laughs> I don't napping know. and late for work. <laughs> and definitely late for work. So finally, um, I, oh, it's my turn. Yes. Right? So oh. ask me the question. Oh, that's a good one. What's your favorite way to be seduced? My favorite way to be seduced is simply um, somebody who is vulnerable with me and tells me that they like me and that they are interested in me mm-hmm. and that they'll share a fantasy with, or they'll go, if they have a partner, they'll ask their partner permission to do something with me. Mm-hmm. That gets you yeah. all the time. Yeah. That's how you hook up with most people. Yep. They express an interest. Yep. Yeah. Simple as that. <laughs> Simple as that. That's how you turn on Dan. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Uh, breathe. <laughs> breathe. Breathe in my direction and you're seducing me. How, what is your favorite way to be seduced? Um, I guess mine's a reflection of yours. I The favorite way to be seduced is definitely eye contact, mm. right? I love eye contact. I love gazing. I love that soft look as they're paying attention to what I have to say, but also sharing stuff of their own. So I guess I'm with you. It's that vulnerable 
conversation, you know, if I, if they can pull something vulnerable from me or I feel safe enough to share something vulnerable, but it's still like that, that soft stuff, the sitting next to each other, the sitting across from each other, the, the, um, if I have my hand available for them to touch, you know, that they lightly touch my hand and just that, that eye gaze and paying attention. Mm -hmm. So, but I guess it's the same thing, showing interest and paying attention. Mm. Yeah. See, these are much better questions. Mm -hmm. These also these are thinkers. Yeah, these also come from the same uh, thought something dot com. That last oh, one. Okay. I don't actually get that actual. I apologize. I'll get the actual website. Okay. Uh, same website though, but these are actually allow you to reflect a little bit more versus just mm -hmm. try tying each other up with shoelaces. <laughs> Don, I want to take a quick moment to thank our. Um, so thanks to our generous Patreon supporters, we are upgrading our interview software. If you listen to oh, our nice. interview with Kelly, uh, we obviously it did not come out as well as we would have liked, and it was a fantastic it interview because it was fantastic. So I did win it. Go ahead and put it out there, but it did um, obviously it was wasn't it was a little out of context sounding. So I did some research. There's a paid product called Clean Feed that we will be using in the future, and uh, it's just really neat that it's not coming out of our pocket, it's our patrons exchanging energy with us and saying uh, we get to apply their donation to making the podcast better in a very direct way. Awesome. Awesome. I really like that. Um, so we have new subscribers to the newsletter. Do we now? Are they nationals we do. or It looks a little international. So we have Sun Fun from Winston-Salem, North Carolina. And Sharon from Nova Scotia in the Canada. The Canadia. The Canadia. <laughs> nice. Oh, our favorite Canadians came by. Oh, they certainly did. Yes. Got ate by a shark. They did. They got ate by a shark. So we'd have to post pictures. To see I that. would love to post that. We have to get their permission though. Yes. So, but our 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 friends Kevin and Katie, so of uh, international power exchange couple, yep, came by and visited with us and did kinky and geeky with us Friday night and stayed over and and. They, Kevin got ate by a shark. They should have just stayed in, <laughs> not in the hot tub either. No. Uh, they should have just stayed in Columbus because they will be back for Power Exchange Summit they this very weekend this, coming up. This coming up weekend. So, and um, are actually part of the um, Science of BDSM research team. Absolutely. So we'll and have them very popular group as well. That uh, we're looking forward to seeing again. Mm-hmm. Dawn, did you know the Ate by a Shark podcast is higher rated than Erotic Awakening? It can't be. Take a moment to support the podcast. Rate us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Or just tell your friends. So you got some tentacle anal beads animation. Oh my God, I did, didn't I? So um, those were some big fucking anal beads, <laughs> man. I think they hit the back of her throat. So that was from Jay-Z. So thank you, Jay-Z. That, that made me sit and go... Oh, that's cool. I, that, that, what, whoa, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I actually looked at that, and just from the perspective of the technical aspect of it, oh, yeah. I was checking that out. I was like, man, this is just crazy. Because it's kind of like anime, like a gift yeah, or yeah, something yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. So that was kind of neat. So we are going to uh, get into Holy our interview cow. with Howell in just a moment. But before... I'm looking at the, the list of events. That's what my holy cow is. Yes, here I it is. I know we were busy, but... Um, we are in month five of 2018, the month of May. Are mm -hmm. we in May already? Yes. We're okay. in May. My birthday's in a couple of weeks. And we my birthday's in a couple of weeks. <laughs> yes. I'm I, 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 taking that reminder. Thank you. I, 
I probably would have had it on my radar. Um, if you are in, tr- in well, if uh, you are pretty much anywhere. I can't anywhere, believe what number you put for Power Exchange Summit. Oh, I miswrote that. I wrote four, but it's actually seven. Seven, yeah. Power Exchange Seven in one week in May 11th. If you're a podcast listener and you want to come, I can make a ticket happen for you. Club Ascension in Detroit on May 6th, 26th. The Unconference here in Columbus, Ohio on June 16th. Yep, the the Poly Unconference. Yep. Uh, Summer Weekend of Wickedness in Ithaca, New York in July, July 5th through the 8th. September, we go crazy, starting in Indianapolis at GLLA on September 6th. And then Twisted Trist. Um, we haven't done the North Twisted no. Trist before, so this will be new for us. Very much looking September forward to September 13th one. through the 16th. And that's a that's a camping event, so I miss my outdoor camping events. Yeah. I've actually been thinking of going to more, of trying to find a pagan festival to go to. Nice. I miss dancing naked around bonfires mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So. I, I tell you, I do like the camping events in the... Get up in the morning, grab a cup of coffee, and just kind of wander around. Wander around, see who's up, see who's and up sit and by chat. campfires. Yeah. And yeah, I miss that. I love it. Uh, we will also be doing Kansas City in September 28th. And then Kinky College in Chicago, October 26th. And then back here in Columbus, Ohio on November 9th, 10th, and 11th for Beyond the Love. Awesome. So much stuff. So, Dawn, not too long ago, we were doing an interview with someone, and Ginger the Polly Puppy ran through the room, chasing the cat, barking, (laughs) being all annoying. But my understanding is that not all pets are annoying. That's my understanding. (laughs) I don't know much about that. But fortunately, on the podcast tonight, we have Howell. Howell, my understanding is that you are in a 24-7 pet dynamic. Am I I even saying that right? Yeah. Yes, you are. That's basically just means that we never put the pet play to the side. Cool. How, so is, let's, yeah, oh, let's start. Because I'm like, what does that look like? Yeah. Let's start at the beginning. What is pet play? Um, pet play really, much like any other forms of play, pet play is really about getting in the headspace of an animal. Typically, we think about like domesticated animals, like cats and dogs, gerbils, things like that. And really just kind of living out this dynamic with a caretaker or a human handler, another animal, something like that. Just a form of play to really get into the headspace of an animal and, you know, live that out, let go of stress, roll around, things like that. And so many questions. (laughs) And we've actually done people, uh, we've talked to pet players before. We've done our own pet parade at a high protocol dinner, so we had a little experience. But nobody who does 24-7 pet dynamic. So does that imply, well, let me ask you this, do you currently have a pet? Yes, I do. So I have a pet, he identifies as a puppy, and we actually live together as well. Okay. And... So does this suggest that your puppy is in puppy space all the time? No. The 24-7 element means that our relationship is kind of set around that context. So, for example, uh, you actually might go to your local dungeon and arrange to have a scene with someone where you're going to perform as their dog. Maybe they'll put you on a leash and walk you around, let people play with you, different things like that. And then the scene is over and your relationship with that person might be over. Uh, The 24-7 piece just says that for my puppy, his name is Commodore, 
he is always my puppy. So much like you might have a dog or a cat back at home, it's saying that my partner is always identifying as my puppy. Not that he's always in puppy headspace or acting like a dog. Of course, we have lives to live and work and friends and things like that. But just that we're trying to kind of keep the play going for as long as we can. So the house is decorated in a way that might, you know, be a little bit different than another couple. Like we've got bone toys everywhere and squeaky toys and, you know, puppy bowls and things like that all over the place. Nice. Okay, because what I was picturing when you first said it was 24-7, I'm like, okay, so what if they had to do the dishes or you know, <laughs> exactly. like domestic chores, you know, how does a dog do that? But you're saying not always in pup space. Not always in pup space, but we're always kind of keeping that dynamic between us that one person is the yeah. owner or one person is in charge. So we're really honoring the power dynamic between us, even outside of play. So you have some people who might play and are only within a power dynamic during that scene or while they're playing. For us, mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of like, you know, even when we're done playing, I'm still sort of the boss, so to speak. So I still might say, hey, go and do this or can you do this for me or things like that. So is it similar to any other 24-7 power exchange relationship that happens to include puppy play or is that simplifying it too much no no that's not simplifying at all very similar i mean i think every every pair takes it on a little bit differently but for us it's no different than anyone else it's actually kind of funny because i might be at work and talking about my puppy and really i'm talking about my partner like i'll, I'll talk about okay. him right? if he's a dog back home you know like oh yeah i've got to get home on time today make sure i can take him out for his walk you know, things right. like that. And people will say, or one of my favorites is I'll go into the pet store and I'll just be shopping for, you know, whatever kind of toys that we can bring into our play or bowls, collars, whatever. And the people will come up to you and say, oh, wow, what kind of dog do you have? And I'll just say, uh, a white one. <laughs> <laughs> a very big one. A very big one. You know, it's like the first thing that comes to mind. A very big dog. <laughs> So now does he have, I know we did, a, uh, I did some judging for a pup contest up in Chicago and each of those pups had a breed that they identified with. Does your partner have a breed? Yeah, he that identifies as a husky and he actually just found it. We've been in this, uh, I think I've been doing puppy play for about seven years and he's been doing it for six and he only just stumbled upon a breed within the last year or so. Huh. So... Why do you know why he picked Husky? Or did you pick Husky for him? He picked Husky. We were actually, uh, so we're pretty opposite in a lot of ways. And one of those is the weather. I hate being cold. And he loves the cold. He really loves it. Yeah. And so one day we were walking across the street. Uh, and and we're, we're trying to cross the street. And I was so cold I didn't even want to cross. It was ridiculous. And I was being so dramatic. And he goes, wow, we really are different. He's, he, and then he starts thinking about it. And he goes, you know, being a Husky might make a lot of sense for me. He's like, I really do love the cold. And it just kind of started as a playful joke. And the more that we kind of observed them and talked about them, it really just made a lot of sense. And also, he has a leather hood from Mr. S that really resembles uh, like a white and gray Husky. Okay. Very cool. Nice. Have you guys thought about doing, or maybe you've already done the, uh, the contest circuit? 
No, we have not. He is a little bit more shy. I'm definitely the social one in the pair. And so we're working up to it. He's really interested in working up to it eventually. Okay, very cool. But we love so, to go out. What are, what are the things that really gets me uh, tricky to me is at least in the um, – and I don't know if it's as big a deal in the leather community as it is in the, the, the kink community – but everything's about consent now. Um, and I know that's important in the, the leather community as well, but it's almost totally. become this, um, it's a huge deal, right? Everything's consent, 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 right? Now, but the fun part to that is, and I'm curious about your view on this. If I am at an, a hotel and somebody's got their dog there and the dog's running around free and loose and having a good time, it's, not unusual for me to reach down and, and pet the dog. Totally. Right? If we are speaking about a human dog or a human in puppy space, should I treat that dog like I would treat any other dog or do I have to break their space and ask consent or should I just pretend they don't exist? That's a great question. You know, I think you, there's a way to treat them like a dog while still also checking for consent. And this is actually one of the things that really fascinates me. If you think about it, if there was a dog really friendly running about the hotel, if it wants you to touch it, you're going to know. And if it doesn't, it's going to make it very clear. And so you can still, if you think about it, when we interact with pets, we still talk to them as if they can understand us, you know. We're like, mm -hmm. who wants pets? Who's a good boy? Who's a good girl? Things like that. And, you know, based off how they respond, if they seem really excited and they, like, lift up so that you can reach their belly or they bring their head really close to you, you know, that's a nonverbal way for them to say, like, yeah, I would love for you to give me pets or something like that. And, right. you know, if you're not sure, think about it. How many times do we say things over and over and over to puppies and babies and things like that? We're like, who's a good boy? Who is it? Who is it? Who's the good boy? Who wants pets? Or do you want the treat? Do you want the treat? You know, you're saying it over and over. And on one hand, that's making the experience more real for the person and honoring that fantasy. But also, this is a way for you to really double check that this thing that you're interested in doing is okay. So it's really kind of a playful way to like verbalize, you know, what you want to do and get a nonverbal response or like a wolf or something like that, you know. Yeah. So I really like that idea. So, because I like to give scratches <laughs> totally. to the pups. But yeah, I want to make sure I'm doing the right thing. So, because if they're really in pup space, they might bite me. <laughs> yeah, totally. You know, they might nip at you or they might bite you. Most people are pretty, you know, are pretty mindful about how they interact with people that they don't already know. And, you know, you, you definitely do have those puppies who really might like go and nip at your hand or others who might turn away or, you know, others who might just be too shy to approach you at all, very much like you would with dogs if you think about mm -hmm. it. So, I mean, I think it's really about being hyper aware of like those nonverbal cues. Uh, if this person is alone, you know, sometimes they'll have puppies who are in puppy gear, but they still do want to talk to you and they have no problem talking. You have others who are down on all fours and they're crawling around and barking and rolling around. And that's giving you a sign like, okay, they probably don't want to break out of this, but I can interact with them as a puppy. And, you know, you mm -hmm. approach them and you're based off their body language, how much noise you're making. You can kind of figure out if they want to play with you or not. I like that. So I have a very basic question for you. Yeah. So how, how did you guys get interested in puppy play? You know, 
it kind of snowballed. I've always, well, I can't say always, but I've been in the king community for a really long time. And mm-hmm. I'd actually seen puppies since the beginning, and I was absolutely not interested, mostly because I didn't identify as a pup myself. So I'd see them, and I was like, oh, that's kind of weird. You know, like, I'm all for getting tied up, but I don't know about acting like a dog. Like, that just, <laughs> that just seems kind of weird to me. And the more time goes on, the more I'm paying attention to pups playing about in the hotels and in the convention hallways. And I'm like, wow, that's a really cool mask. Or, oh, that's really cute. You know, and one thing led to another. And I realized, wow, I'm actually really interested in being someone who takes care of puppies. I loved seeing puppies, like, interact with their handlers or owners and other people. You know, I loved, like, the leashes and the ropes and the collars, all of those things. You know, I was already interested in gear. So it just kind of snowballed. You know, one Tumblr post led to another Tumblr post. (laughs) One thing on FetLife led to another. And, you know, pretty soon it became something that I was completely immersed in. Okay, very Neat. cool. So, because I, I kind of understand that because we didn't, we weren't around when we got in. We weren't really around other puppies, but um, we came across ponies. A totally. Bit. I just didn't understand the the pony headspace, and I don't think Dan did either until he actually rode one. <laughs> <laughs> that made sense. That made me clarify. Yeah, it, it clicks once you jump in. Yeah, yeah. Do you? If you don't mind a personal question, do you ever oh. fuck your puppy? Why yeah, do puppies do. in the puppy space? Yeah, puppy play for us is both sexual and non-sexual. So, you know, sometimes we might just be playing with squeaky toys and giving each other scritches, and other times we do, like, bring it into sex, you know. And I think it's really hot. Some people don't. For me, it's really hot. Cool. Okay. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just, I'm like, I don't know how I feel about it. So it's just kind you of. You enjoy doggy knowledge. style. I like doggy style, but I'm not. You a know puppy. what? Ironically, doggy style is not even my favorite. Oh yeah. I love the irony of it. Yeah. Yeah, not my favorite way to go. Okay. So, so at the beginning, sorry, I'm, going, no, I'm leaving the sex topic for a second because that'll be in my head for a little while. And, I might have and before Dawn brings this up, let me be also, clear. Also, the sex topic. Oh, yeah. Otherwise, it's going to be very confusing. <laughs> so, leaving the sex topic. You said something earlier about, uh, what was it, dogs and something else and gerbils. Have oh, you yeah, seen yeah. pet gerbils? Yeah, I've actually seen a couple people who identify as, I've, I've met a couple otters, some raccoons, a gerbil or two. Mostly you just hear puppies and cats. I mean, dogs kind of popularize the play. Like, yeah. so a lot of the gear and the, the stuff on the internet is centered around puppies. Like, that's where I think the community really got its momentum kicked off. Mm-hmm. But now you see people who are taking on all sorts of animal identities. Okay, because like I said, puppies, I've seen a few cats, which seem to be rare, and uh, ponies. I mean, ponies is a big thing as well, but have not heard of like the, oh, we saw a rabbit once. Oh, we did see a we rabbit. Ha- we have that's seen right. a rabbit once, but I hadn't heard of the gerbils and the raccoons and no. and other animals. So and I that's kind of fascinating. I just realized the next time I go to an event and I get tired, I'm going to do some cat play, which to me is... Get in the corner, take a nap, and if you come near me, I'll claw the fuck out of you. So, yeah, that's actually my entire life. I Another reason why it took me a bit of time to really get into pet play was because it was introduced to me as puppy play, meaning only puppy play. 
And then the more I got to think about it, I really identified with a cat. And so my whole persona is actually built around being a cat and like this cat that's in charge or like, you know, mm-hmm. this, this in charge cat leading dogs around. And it really was just like, you know, I want to sit around and tell people what to do and eat when I want and sit in the corner and don't bother me and watch everyone else get into all the badness. And so I was like, you know what? I think that's going to be me. I'm going to be the cat. <laughs> I can I can understand that, that uh, the pet parade that I talked about. We did that years ago, and I had to, as, as the slave, as the lower S, I had to take on the persona of an animal. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm not a pony like this person. I don't want to be a dog. I don't want to be this. I'm going to be a cat because cats can be snarky. Yes. Yes. Cats can be bitchy. Cats totally. can be, you know, they do what they want to do. And that's what I did and actually went into it, climbed up on the leather couch, took up the whole couch so even the dominants couldn't sit down. I'd hiss at them <laughs> if they'd go to try to take some of my space. That was actually fun. You enjoyed <laughs> that for that one hour of your life. definitely a cat. First of all, that is the story that probably 90% of the people who identify as cats would relate to. They're like, well not a dog, not really a pony, don't want to do this. And then they're like, wait, this makes a lot of sense and it's kind of fun. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was fun. And I think it's really just about like finding those characteristics of the animals that you really, one, identify with, or two, would be really interested in portraying. So, you know, there are things about cats that are very interesting to me. So it's like, yeah, I want to take that on. And that's really what the play is all about, you know we envy a lot of times like the lives that our dogs and cats get to live. So that's, it's really that's just about true. digging into so, it, you know. The, the thing that I liked about being a cat is the same thing that annoys me the hell out of our cat. <laughs> oh, exactly. Exactly. Uh, where do people, if they are interested in getting involved in pet play, where would you recommend that they, is there a website or what, any oh, resources out there? <laughs> no, um, there are, puppy play is huge now. There are a lot of great books. A lot of people will cite Tumblr, you know, just really scrolling through the personal blogs. I really like social media because you're seeing a lot of different people take on the play in their own way. So you get to see a lot of different masks and gear and ways of playing and relationship dynamics. So really just typing in puppy play on whatever social media you already use, you know, FetLife, Tumblr, Twitter, like people have profiles everywhere. And it's really exciting to just see as many people as you can doing this thing in many different ways. Very cool. Well, what, one more question for you, if you don't mind. Yeah, totally. Um, and, and speaking specifically about Commodore, is he a good boy? Is he a good boy? Oh, he's a very good boy. He actually is such a good boy that if he hears me calling someone else a good boy or offering someone else scritches, he turns into this really tough, jealous puppy and will gently push them out of the way and like take over their scritches, which is not <laughs> like his human side at all. He's very nice, very modest, very shy. But if someone else is getting his scritches, he will push them out of the way. He's like, I am the only good boy. It's really hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> very cool. Well, very much appreciate and enjoy talking to you today, Howell. I hope things are wonderful for you up in Chicago. Tough luck on not liking the cold, 
that's, that's where I'm you're at. In Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> just got cold here too. Winter is coming to collect. Winter uh-huh. is coming. You got it right. Howell, well, it's been a pleasure to talk to you tonight, and um, I hope you don't get fleas. That's kind of a lame thing to say, but that's what I had in my head. <laughs> All right, I'll make sure to keep myself bathed. <laughs> bathed and moisturized. <laughs> for supporting the podcast toss us as little as a dollar by heading over to eroticawakening.com and click on the support us on patreon button our end music is provided by pocket universe and the song is whim the official ea twatter is andy the person we've seen most recently is dawn and stubborn brat the current center of pet tentacles is jay-z nice the provider of graphic novels is johnny jackhammer and the good witch of the north of the sequential sex podcast and the official food that goes on boobs is still oranges on boobs you need to be seeing some more boobs (laughs) apparently so bye dan bye dawn